I love a good podcast, as you know, and I'm always happy to share resources for parents who are looking for creative, smart content that both entertains and offers enrichment for curious kids everywhere. So I'm happy to let you know about this awesome new show from the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, The Adventurous World of Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. The series explores themes that kids like ours love, like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. And episodes transport kids into iconic periods in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England. So cool. New episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a perfect length for those car rides, for meal times, for break times, and bedtimes. What I love about this show is that it's kind of like listening to a book on tape. The story is captivating and includes lots of problems listeners can try to solve. The voice actors are fantastic, and the math concepts are seamlessly weaved into the narrative. It's exactly the kind of show Ash would have loved a few years ago, especially during our homeschool years, because finding that perfect blend of entertaining and educating, it isn't always easy. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. A basic concept of what is or picture profile of someone who's on the spectrum was largely assembled by Hans Asperger in pre-World War II Vienna with school-age boys. And me sitting in a minivan in a bra with a, you know, a love of glitter, like, what do I have in common with them? Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. My guest today is autism advocate, speaker, and prolific author Jennifer Cook, formerly Jennifer Cook O'Toole. Since being identified as being on the autism spectrum in 2011, in conjunction with all three of her children, Jennifer has become a powerful voice in the world of autism advocacy, with a special focus on girls on the spectrum. If Jennifer's name sounds familiar to you, you most likely have one or more of her Asper Kids books, which are highly empowering books that Jennifer wrote just for kids on the spectrum. She's also the author of Sisterhood on the Spectrum and the memoir Autism and Heals, the untold story of a female life on the spectrum. Jennifer's work has led to collaboration with the National Institutes of Health Interagency Autism Coordinating Committee, the President's Council on Disabilities, the Autism Society of America, Amy Poehler's Smart Girls, and many, many media outlets. We cover so much ground during this conversation, everything from labels and diagnoses to the limits of language and the power of reframes to the unique challenges and reality for girls on the spectrum, and so much more. I'm really excited to share this one. I hope you enjoy it. And now here is my conversation with Jennifer. Hello, Jennifer. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Debbie. I have to say, I love tilt parenting. Like I love the title. I love the concept. You know, I just think it's brilliant. So well done. So much that means so much to me. And and also, we were just talking before we recorded about the role that our kids can play in our work. And I will say that that name was very much approved by my child. And yes, so thank you. That means a lot. So and again, as we were talking before, there's so many things that we could talk about. Um, You're body of work is fascinating. And there's so many things that are relevant for my community. And I did want to start a little bit about just even your identification as being on the spectrum and how that because a lot of my parents are going through that. What's that? My word, I love it. Because that's what I, I often say to people. You know, I use the word diagnosis when it's appropriate in the sense that you're using a the medical manual and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I get it. And to me, I lost my best friend from, from college, closing in on 10 years ago, but, um, but uh, to breast cancer. And um, my, I lost my dad 12 years ago to lung cancer. So when I hear diagnosis, I think of them. 
you know, I think I hear illness, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. I love that you, the word I often use is identified. I try to, you know, encourage that in the sense that you can identify your favorite song. You can identify the love of your life, you know? Um, and I did have a reader who has given me express and permanent permission to use this phrase. So I am no, I'm not like, you know, ripping them off. He says, um, you know, we hear ASD autism spectrum disorder. What if he said, Jennifer, what if we said dynamic instead, ASD? And I said, I love it. I love it because, right? Like one of the things that I think can be so incredibly discouraging to parents um, is that autism or AS or ASD or whatever you want to call it, right, is not um, the first step. It's not the first thing that you, you nobody, no child is born and they're like, oh, you know, and, and so of course I often say also about the whole identification process, like saying, you know, it's a girl didn't make it a girl. Like you're just identifying what is. So that's a big thing too. And, and getting the word, it's not like you're labeling. It's literally, you're just identifying that, which already was. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the process, of course, of getting to, to that identification usually involves going through it through like sensory, um, you know, identifications and then maybe attention stuff. Maybe there's o- OCD stuff going, but everything has a D. There's sensory, um, integration disorder. Um, you know, whether it's ADD or ADHD, there's disorder on the end of that one, right? Like through all of the anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, there's D, 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 D. So not only are you having this ridiculous cocktail or alphabet soup, right? Um, hearing you're going through, I mean, how are those things identified? It's going through and with teachers, with friends, with physicians, with whomever, having to point out all the things that are quote unquote wrong. And then usually having to quantify that to some degree of somewhat, always, never, right? right? I mean, like, that's, it's, it's literally, you know, people say don't focus on the negative, but literally that is the process. And so you go through thinking, oh no, there's, okay, there's this, I can maybe handle this, oh, but there's also this. Okay. That's a little bit more. And now there's this, and now there's this, and now there's autism. And I say, no, 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 no. It is like me saying to you, Debbie, Debbie, you poor thing. You've got a runny nose, you know, in the next day where you Debbie, you've got a runny nose and a cough. Next day, Debbie, you've got a runny nose and a cough and watery eyes. No, you don't have three things. You have a cold. Those are all parts of, and, you know, even in that, obviously, those are complaints. But because I'm kind of paralleling it to that disorder, 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 it's all you're hearing, right? Mm-hmm. And so the first bit of relief I give is you don't have 20 things wrong with your kiddo. Um, you have one thing that is different. And with everything that we ever are by nature, there is both challenge and aptitude. And right, I mean, that's just a thing. You and I being born with with two X chromosomes, odds are we're not going to be as physically strong as a man. Does that make us happy? Is that a deficit? I don't think so, because, you know, I think I'm a rather fabulous chick, right? And they're they're not. To everything, there are, I don't want to say pluses and minuses, easier and hearts, harders, right? And I, I guess that's my first thing. And there used to be an ad campaign. Um, I don't know. Actually, I think they still do it. The whole, you know, congratulations, you've just won the Super Bowl or whatever. What are you doing? I'm going to Disney World. I always thought, you know... <laughs> There needs to be something that is affirming. And for a while, I, I had actually created, um, it just got too busy to keep doing them. But congratulations, you're an Aspie or on the spectrum kits, because it, I think, is so important both for families and for the individual to not see this as often the world presents it. How often have I been told? told, um, you know, the whole phrase high functioning, this, that, and the other thing, or that's, that is a compliment by comparison, which inherently, um, insults someone else. And I, I find that incredibly upsetting and I know it's not intended that way, but it really, what it means is I'm not autistic like you. And 
the truth is that um, less obviously challenged does not mean less challenged. And I've been on self-advocacy boards with, gosh, there was one, a young man, mid-20s, and um, he had a lot of, of challenges. You know, he was in a wheelchair. Um, there were a lot of spasmatic uh, behaviors and activities going on. And he required um, an iPad to be able to verbally, you know, communicate its book. And one of the... The, the question that was presented to us first was, what is the hardest thing about being on the spectrum? And it was put to me. And thank God, most of, no, everybody on the panel agreed. But my answer was to always be wondering, how can I be so smart, but so stupid? Mm. And what he said through his iPad was that every single day of his life, he has to explain to someone that he is not, he does not have a cognitive deficit. He does not have challenges with, you know, his, his quote unquote intelligence in a, in a typical way. In fact, his verbal IQ is in the one fifties, which is high genius, but it's almost like reaching into your purse and not being able to find that dang lipstick or that dang key that you know is in there. He reaches into his brain. He knows it's in there, but he just can't access it. And so to me, all of this just speaks to one thing, which is that as a society, we have moved so far, you know, at least on the surface. And I think more so than I think it's more than surface deep, not, you know, not just um, tolerating, which is what you do with a headache or a toenail that's in crone or something, not just being aware of and not just even accepting, you know, but being very grateful for the fact that we are a, um, a species that are, you know, intensely and above all things and before all things all on the human spectrum. And it's because of that diversity that we're any, we're worth anything at, at all. Um, doesn't mean that it's easy. Doesn't mean that it's easy, but you know, then again, everything's hard before it's easy or yeah. So anyway, that's my little spiel. Then I probably just took up like half of our recording. So <laughs> now you said so many great things and I love you know, I think that's so helpful. It's something I'm just thinking in 200 episodes, I've not had someone say it the way you said it in terms of the fact that we do kind of get this information, the sensory issues, the anxiety, you know, and, and we feel like we do have this uh, like huge bundle or bucket of things going on. And I love that you're like, no, wrong, even not just going yeah. on, but wrong, right? Yes. No, yeah. 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 So I love this idea of saying, no, you don't have all of these things. You're autistic and all of these things are part of that. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I'd love to just go a little deeper and, or maybe just get your advice on this. Cause again, we haven't touched upon this explicitly. This idea of high functioning, low functioning. I know that from the, the autism activists that I follow that functioning labels are not cool. And so I don't use them in any of the work that I do in tilt. But you know, I'm in so many groups, and it just seems that parents don't know differently. And that's the way it's often presented to them. Absolutely. And you know, look, I think that in the end, um, actually, you just said something very, very important. Number one, parents don't know differently. But then also there's there's I think, and, and I'm speaking as someone and this is important, you know, just kind of reiterate that I'm not only speaking as someone who was identified. Um, so I have three kiddos. It was after the first two and the third one was after me, which I, I often say, thank God, I wouldn't have known what to do with a neurotypical child. Um, but, <laughs> you know, like, seriously, I would not. But um, I think that and, and my background also being in teaching and in counseling, right? Like we as educators or counselors, we want to reassure parents that things are not quote unquote as bad as maybe, you know, um, others make them seem. And then as the parent, you feel like you're in this position of having to justify yourself. It's this ridiculous, you know, it's this cycle of, uh, and I think that when we hear the HFA high functioning autism, you know, I, I understand that was how the word Asperger's, you know, functioned really. Right. And it then was, you know, repossessed, uh, Leanne Holiday Willie, uh, who, who actually wrote the forward to my first book. Um, and she's a hoot, um, you know, coined the term Aspie. And that kind of became this, uh, this sort of affectionate geek chic, like, you know, little term for, for all of us. And when the term became autism spectrum overall, there were a lot of us, myself included, who worried 
you know, I never would have thought about it. it would not have entered my mind because of the way I understood the word autism. I never would have pursued, considered nothing, you know, that wouldn't have been on my radar, knowing my kiddos. Um, and, and so I thought, well, it's a really good thing that we have the word Asperger's, but what, um, what it really, you know, comes down to though now, and I do think this is important is that now autism is diagnosed. Um, although the wording is still pejorative, I think is diagnosed by, more by commonality. Um, so it's, you know, that sensory sensitivities, et cetera, things that we all share, no matter where on that spectrum we lie. Um, the danger and the HFA kind of labeling is that again, I'm going to just keep reiterating this more, less obviously challenged does not mean less challenged. So for those of us who, you know, that's why you see actually the, the further up the, I don't know, the aptitude, um, cognitively, right? You, <laughs> the, the more and more disparate are our, um, educational and professional achievements, right? So you, you see that it, instead of kind of keeping time with like on the, on the, uh, you know, graph, we're kind of at least keeping an even keel. Um, there's this break where, um, when that quote unquote IQ goes up, there are much greater rates of suicide and depression. And uh, again, you know, employment that's not commensurate uh, or education that's not commensurate with that intelligence, relationships, pro you know, relationship problems, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that is largely because, especially among women, but for sure both, there is a degree of, well, for both, it's more unintentional. For women, it's more intentional. But um camouflaging, mimicking, right? And so when others see that we can do many things perhaps easier than even their quote unquote typical kids, that's when you get the he or she's being lazy, he or she's being hypersensitive, blah, blah, blah. The things that are judgmental and character character assessments, as opposed to it being that you literally, you know, can can I mean, this is certainly from my own experience. You know, I remember clearly sitting in AP or honors classes in high school and thinking, I have no idea what the directions are for this, but dang it all, the teachers never would have known that because I'm coming back with A pluses. Well, I've figured out sometimes ways to get around it or not. But parents and, and educators miss out on resources that honestly the kiddos really need. Because they're not given to understand, they're not provided with information that says, quite frankly, who else is going to speak for, let's say, the folks who, who have a hard time accessing their words. We all we have much more alike than we have different. Um, and, and I think that's important. We're a society that is <laughs> where there's, you know, there's a this is not my, you know, we're 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 obsessed with labels in so many ways. Right. Whether that's your North Face jacket or whatever else, you know, and we're also told labels are bad. And so it's the strange, you know, the but the word, the label autistic. At least for adults, it tends, I, I mean, nine times out of 10 for those of us who are identified as adults um, is a relief, not a stigma and presented to a child that way presented as a C told you you weren't bad at this and bad at this there's a reason your brain connects like this what the heck are you supposed to do right but you can do this really well and blah 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 I think what happens is without being without in, intention we all look at our children to some degree I suppose as extensions of ourselves and our own egos and we don't it's bad da, 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 but it happens so I think to some degree especially if one of those parents has spectrum tendencies to say, no, 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 that's not my kid. Let's differentiate. But really in that moment, you need to ask yourself, I think, or one another, um, why, what does that mean? Do we feel that the child will be limited, will think less of he, her, him or herself, et cetera? I don't know. To me, that's akin to days gone by with a child knowing that he or she was adopted, thinking that he or she was less important or loved. That's archaic. Um, and, and that's up to the adults to undo not to um join in on i think <laughs> you're saying so many 
thing, important things. I know, things. blah, 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 blah. No, but so, they're all so important. I mean, I think, um, you know, as that last point that you made, I was thinking of the question I often pose to parents when they discover any sort of neurodivergence in their kids is what are you making that mean? Because that, yeah. that's the work that we have to do on ourselves to understand what are, how are we, yeah, how, what story are we telling about who our kid is and what their potential is based on this information? Yes, I'm going to quote you on that internationally, letting you know right now. <laughs> I love that phraseology because that's exactly what it is, right? You know, if you remember the the concept of absolute value from math, the idea that it's, you know, a, a, a quantity is neither negative or positive, it's just a thing. So it's without judgment, right? Right. If you can look at a word without judgment, then you are making it mean something. What do we make it mean? You know, there are words, there are words now that in the English language that had incredibly different connotations or in fact meanings 300 years ago. The word girl used to mean child in general, not a female child specifically, right? So, so it is about constructing meaning and that's kind of up to us. Yeah, 100%. We'll be right back after this quick break. I'm on the road this month and oh man, am I missing my sweet kitties, Haskell and Lua. They've been a part of our family for more than two years and I'm so grateful they're keeping Darren such good company while I'm away. If you're getting a new pet soon, you're probably already thinking about everything you'll need to buy. Food, toys, a cozy bed, doggy bags or litter boxes. Something you may not be thinking about though is pet insurance. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. If you listen to this show, you probably know that at least one in five children is differently wired. But did you know that approximately one in two women will experience hair thinning? If you're part of that 50%, you are absolutely not alone. But because hair thinning for women isn't something people openly talk about, going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. So why not do something about it with Nutrafol? Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth isn't going to cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, postpartum, menopause, even for different lifestyles like a plant-based diet. To get your personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes, you can take a simple hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com. And because there's no prescription required, you can quickly get set up online with free shipping and automated deliveries, which make it so much easier to stick with your new hair care routine. See results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code TILT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code TILT. That's Nutrafol.com promo code TILT. I, I want to ask, I didn't know how, if I'm going to be able to phrase this question in the right way, but That's something right. you can't, don't worry about it. No, no, go for it. We'll go for it. Okay. So you were talking about balancing, you know, in that response about high functioning, low functioning, yeah. and what does that mean? And that, you know, the strengths and the challenges and seeing all of that. And I know that you are referred to and you own this idea of being relentlessly positive, right? Yeah. And 
<laughs> and I will say, you know, that the language, even the term differently wired, I use that extensively because it feels positive. It recognizes difference, but it doesn't talk about it as a way that's a deficit. And sometimes I get feedback from people who are neurodivergent adults who say, you're dismissing the challenges that I have when you use terms like that. And I just wonder, Mm -hmm. can you talk to that idea of balancing being positive and? Yeah, Yeah, no, here's the, here's the thing. You can't please all the people all the time. I mean, and, and, and that's really what it comes down to. Right. So, um, I was, so this is last, last April, April, 2019, um, my seventh book, so that was the memoir, Autism in Heels, had just come out and was being featured by the National Institutes of Health um, during Autism Awareness Month. So I went, there were several of us, four of us, I think, who were on the panel. And I mentioned that ASD, the dynamic thing. And one of the panelists, you know, to had, had issues with that. And, you know, in the moment, I thought, well, Dang it. Let's not rain on that guy's parade. It was a good idea. Like, you know, but I, and I think, (laughs) I think to quote Forrest Gump, sometimes it can be a little bit of both. Um, you know, there are these quote unquote social rules, um, that, that we don't seem to, (laughs) that nobody seems to teach us and are intuited by the rest of the, the world. Um, but the odd thing, or at least ironic, is that most neurotypicals don't actually follow those rules. They follow them as they wish. Um, and so <laughs> we are known for being either or, right? All or nothing, on or off. You know, I, I describe it as like being trains on, you know, our thinking is like a train that, you know, takes a while to stop it. And if you push it off the rail to, or try to change direction too fast, it's going to crash. Or like fireflies all over the head. Yeah. Black and white thinking, they often say. But if you look at that, it's a perfect example of, well, it's either got to be this or it's got to be that. And language, by the fact that it was created by human beings, is going to be imperfect. We're never, we're going to need a lot more words to say, yes, it is all these things. And when you are really encountering the hard stuff, you know, that also, I think, depends on where those people are in that moment. Um I was trying last night to explain um, some online content that I really want to be able to provide. And I was, you know, trying like crazy to explain it to my husband who, it, you know, um, is a, a brilliant man. And, and here I am, a professional speaker and professional writer. So obviously words should be my friend, <laughs> but I over explain because I am so accustomed to being misunderstood. And he had like literally no, it, whatever I was trying to explain was not, it was, he's going, I don't. And my daughter was sitting there too. And so I'm looking over there, like, is it, is it, are we like, is he maybe, are there different words you think I need to say? And she's looking at me going, I still have got nothing. Like I have no, you know, and you know, and so, okay then. And in that moment, I can say as much as in others, I am feeling very autistic right now. And in that moment, it's not a good feeling. By the same token, um, I don't think I could do any of the work that I do if I weren't autistic, because it's about, um, you know, identifying patterns in ways that Others don't. Um, and, uh, you know, to some degree, I suppose that's because of our hypervigilance. We have to look out for patterns. We have to look out for similar circumstances because we are so often, well, falling into, into trouble spots. Yeah. But as a result, that, that enables me to have these conversations with you and say, you know, well, here's what I've noticed in this country, in this country, in this country. And folks don't know about it. Um, or folks don't notice it. And, that's just as much me feeling autistic. You know, I saw it. Yeah. You can't please all the people all the time. And I think mm-hmm. for those of us who find us ourselves in that, in those moments where someone is going, well, I, you know, take issue with, you know, or whatever. I think the only answer is I understand it is never quite as simple as one word. Is it, you know, and also my, that's my big thing. My, 
I don't like to say, but I always say, imagine what can happen if you would substitute the word and every time you want to say but. Because when you say da 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 but, blah, 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 you've just invalidated the first part of what you've said. Um, it's true, though. And so if you can say, I like to try to look at the and celebrate the differences. And also, I know that language is not sufficient. And we're doing the best we can in any one moment. So thanks for you know that, that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So. That's great. Thank you for that. I'd love to talk a little bit about girls on the spectrum. I've done a couple episodes just on this and just how tricky it can be uh, for girls to be identified. And I even in the past couple of years, I feel like I've just seen so many more articles and so many more women are speaking out about their experience. Could you talk about I know you're very involved um, and feel very passionate about this issue. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel kind of lucky. I was just ahead of the curve, I guess, with this stuff. In fact, if you look back to my, my first book, Asper Kids, on the cover of it, it's like a cartoon of three kids, superhero kind of kids. And when they first delivered the, you know, the original cover idea, I instantly said, eh, 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 because I have three children, I have a daughter, then two sons. And I had made it a point to discuss all three of them. And I said, no, 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 you will have a girl in two boys. You'd be, and they redid the cover. So it's my kids essentially supposed to be. Um, but so I guess from, you know, straight from the get go, <laughs> perhaps it goes along with my idea of what feminism is, which is not but the end, right? Like in the, there is beauty and wonderfulness in male, female, and those of us as what is the song from Kinky Boots, right? Men, women, and those who have yet to make up their mind or, you know, wherever you identify, I don't really care. You know, the honest truth is. So it is, it is a passion because I realized how much harder I had to work for my daughters and, and, and mine too, but like uh, identification than my sons. And really, I mean, it makes perfect sense. If you, if you look at all the checklists, again, and go back to those diagnostic criteria or going through all those, you know, never somewhat always things, you know, we'll talk about like lines up trucks and blah, blah, blah. What? My daughter didn't, did she have any trucks? I mean, I wouldn't have not gotten her truck. She definitely had cars, but you know, like, but I didn't have trucks growing up. So could I look back and say, oh yes, I, no, I, you know, I didn't, you know, I had to go back and I had to say, <laughs> often say it's a bit like, um, well, the red dress campaign, uh, when it came, right. When it came to heart disease and the, uh, you know, the hundred well, thousands of women, uh, tens of thousands, I'm sure were, were dying of heart disease simply because the, those in the medical medical profession were not educated in what the same physiological condition, how it presented in women, they were looking for the shooting pain down the arm and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if you're having a heart attack, well, those things are, are much more common with male presentation, but not with women. So women were going, you know, go to the ER being sent home and dying. Right. So it was not eliminating the identification, but adding to it and saying, actually there's more. And yes. So it was, it, for me, it was the same thing. I mean, I really had to go and, and sit down with the, the basic concept of what is your know, picture profile of someone who's on the spectrum was largely assembled by Hans Asperger in pre World War II Vienna with school age boys and me sitting in a minivan in a bra with a, you know, a love of glitter. Like, what do I have in common with them? Right. So what I had to do was go through those phenotypes, right? Like the way you're presenting something, the way you're showing something, those behaviors and say, well, what could be behind it and try to inhabit them and say, you know, no, I didn't line anything up. Then again, only one of my kids did, but I sure did put my Barbies into Tableau and take pictures of them and assemble wedding albums as opposed to interactively playing with them. It's the same thing, right? So achieving a sense of uh, completion without uh, spontane- the need for spontaneous social interaction um, or honestly, theory of mind of, of thinking what someone else might do and trying to, you know, so all of those things I was achieving in the same exact way, only it wasn't cars, it was Barbies. And so that's why, you know, my 
heart sort of moved towards, but again, my boy, my boys, I love my boys so very, very much. Um, you know, it, it has absolutely moved towards including, um, an emphasis on, Hey, by the way, have you asked, uh, I, there's, I tell a story in autism heals where I had a woman come up to me at a conference and she said, Hey, 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 you know, I wanted, um, I wanted to tell you that you really pissed me off. You know, I'm so I'm thinking instantly, I'm like backing away. Who are you, crazy lady? Like, you know, and she said, no, no, no. Like, I came to see you speak at another time a couple years ago and asked you some questions about my son um, who had who was on the spectrum. And you gave me some really good tips. And it was so, so helpful. And I'm thinking now I'm really confused. How did I like, how did I upset you? And she said, and then I, I, I talked to you during the book signing. And I also said I was having some challenges with my daughter. And I talked about some of them. And then you said, mm, you know what, I think you might want to have her evaluated, because I think there's, there's maybe the exact same thing going on, but it looks a little different, you know. And she said, and I was so angry. I thought, who? She, I'm directly quoting, who the hell does this woman think she is? And I'm thinking, why did you ask me? Like, I, we, I'm, that's my area. Why did you ask me if you didn't want to hear it? And lo and behold, it turned out two years later, finally did. And guess what? She is. And I'm thinking, right, I wondered. I wondered, was that closer to home because you're a woman? And so you saw yourself in her and that felt more you know, right? Like, does it, does that say something to you about you? And I don't know, but I just sort of said, thank you and walked off. But that has stuck with me um, profoundly um, because the reality is that among girls and women on the spectrum, if, if you, the diagnostic comparison is eight to one ratio. Um, but if you look at, if you use as they more often do in Europe, um, a gender neutral approach of, you know, assessing it's, it's much closer to a one-to-one and the reality is that girls and women on the spectrum almost universally, and especially, and I'm talking pr- pr- primarily when unidentified and so therefore unsupported, right? But almost universally uh, experience relationship violence and eating disorders. There's a story in Heels where a mom found me, her daughter had passed away from anorexia, complications from anorexia. She was in her early 30s. Um, and the daughter, th- there was a grandson who had been identified as being on the spectrum. And she had read this, gra- this mother, grandmother, I guess, had read an article about me in Scientific American and said, oh my gosh, it just resonated, reminded her of her daughter. Did I know anything about eating disorders and autism? And I said, well, actually, I was hospitalized in my 20s for anorexia. So yeah. Um, but you're talking about ri- ritualized behavior. Uh, of trying to affect control when the world feels out of control. And the, uh, the ribbon at the end of the story was she had, she found some pictures on Facebook from her daughters. She just started going through them, her daughter's last birthday and her daughter had been showing photos of this, you know, some, some books that she had gotten that she had asked her father to get for her for her birthday. And one of them was mine it was the Asper Kid Secret Book of Social Rules. And of course, you know, the, the grandmother, her mom assumed that that was for the grandson, but the grandson was in grade school. Um, and I, and I said, you know, I got to tell you, that book is like tweens, but mostly teens and up, you know, and lots of adults, lots and lots of adults. I, I call it odd curious adults. You know, <laughs> um, I said, I would, I would bet you bottom that was for her. She did in fact ask her husband and he said, yeah, no, no, no. She asked for that for, for, for herself. And the heartbreaking part is that um, this you know, grandmother, mother would said to me, you know, if any, of the clinicians had known to look, you might've saved her life. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that most adult women have been misdiagnosed at some point as being bipolar. And, you know, then the doctors are shocked when the bipolar meds like don't work for us or knock us out or whatever else, you know, because we're not actually bipolar or we're this, that, or the other thing. Um, so, so eating disorders to me should always, 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 100% of the time, uh, be registered as a mental red flag and to do a better assessment um, for what's going on beneath. <laughs> um, yeah, but self-harm, um, unfortunately, suicide, rates of depression, anxiety, school refusal, they are all profound, profoundly, profoundly higher for an, uh, girls and women on the spectrum. And they don't need to be. But, you know, you need the right. If if I, I wear contacts, if you give me a hearing aid, that's not going to help me. If you give me visual, you know, that is going to support me. You got to give us the right stuff. Um, and so what I basically did was 
I assembled what I called the chicklist checklist. So it was, I took the entire checklist, if you will, from Tony Atwood, uh, who's, you know, just a wonderful, like wonderfully world renowned psychologist and, and now a good friend. Um, but from his book on sort of like, here are the things, you know, how here's what it looks like in, in men and boys. And I, I turned them pink and said, well, here's what, you know, they look like for us. And, um, the response has, has been, I'll just say profound, uh, you know, a one-on-one emails that I've gotten and, and, um, you know, women in their 20s, there was one gal who was uh, going for her doctorate in neuroscience and was raped. And her her mother, you know, she said, my mom never understood me. I gave her this and, and it's all making sense now. And now I see that I'm not I'm not alone. I'm not, you know, and, and having been um, you know, I was in a violent relationship in college. Um, these are stories I tend I tell my own stories because I feel like that way it's the be- it's the best way. Um, I can't point my finger at other people, but I can I can decide to open my heart and um, look back and say, okay, well, I don't need to be ashamed of mistakes that I made or or trajectories that I was on when I didn't even understand where the heck I was going. Uh, And nobody else understood me either. So for me, it's really just about equal time. It's about protecting you know, and it's about looking forward and, and for my daughter and others, what can we provide for them to help them just like we want to for our sons to help them become the very best human beings, the happiest human beings that they possibly can. And unfortunately, sometimes that starts with the very basics of simply saving their lives. We'll be right back after this quick break. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people in our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I think it's 
It's a really important message for my listeners to hear. You know, I do hear from a lot of parents of daughters who are struggling to even get referrals because it's presenting differently. And just hearing you talk about the cost of of not addressing or because so many girls may mask better because they are more invested in social relationships than, than boys might be. And I think this is just a great reminder for parents to really trust their intuition. And if they see things are not, you know, that their daughters aren't thriving in a certain way to continue to push for getting the answers and support they need. Absolutely. Um, the, that checklist checklist that I was mentioning is uh, I actually have that uh, as a free download on the, on, on my website, because it's to me, it is so essential that uh, when you go into any kind of evaluation, you know, there's, I say one mother so often, but you know, talking about how, how the doctors didn't want to quote unquote assign that label because it's a heavy label and you can't get rid of it. And again, I go back to that, like, yeah, but if you have a door that's labeled pull and it's really a push door, sometimes labels are necessary for a moment. So you know what to do. So anyway, yeah, that's something I kind of felt was essential to offer. Mm -hmm. That's great. You're doing such important work. So as a way to wrap up, because we could go on, like there's so much more, I, I might have to invite you back on the show again, but could you, you have so many resources and um, I would love if you could just, I don't remember if I even told this as after we hit record, but I had mentioned that my introduction to, to you was maybe six or seven years ago when I bought the Asper Kids Secret Book of Social Rules, which I loved. And you've got an Asper Kids website, which is an incredible resource. And now, and your memoir as well, which I, I haven't read yet. It's on my Kindle. It's up after I'm oh, finishing so a novel right now, but I'm really looking forward to reading that. But you're just putting out such great content for people. So can you talk a little bit about Asper Kids and then maybe how people can engage with you? Absolutely. So um, I took a step back for a little while after doing the memoir. Uh, I danced for 20 years and I'm on the verge of back surgery number five. And I also got remarried on Christmas Day. So it was a, it was a year. It was a year. Um, so, you know, I'm... I'm Glad to say returning, <laughs> returning to all the work. So for those who were familiar with Asper Kids and thought, where the heck did she go? Well, I'm also doing some really cool work in, in uh, long distance in Philadelphia where they've created the very first uh, center for neurodiversity and autism at uh, Je- Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. And um, I have the privilege of being their senior um, directorial consultant, which is the first time any hospital in the U.S. has, has actually employed someone on the spectrum to advise them, which is like, yay, the gal, Dr. Wendy Ross, who created it. I just adore her. She is a CNN hero and deserves it in every way, shape and form. Um, but yeah, so as for kids, um, and what I'm trying to do is kind of funnel it all um, so that it should be easier for everybody to find. As for kids comprises the six first books, um, which ended up being the best selling series in the world on, on and for people on, on the spectrum, which is like crazy. Um, and then Autism Hills is the seventh book. Um, but I think the easiest way you can certainly, you know, drop in, um, it's, uh, Jennifer O'Toole author.com, uh, soon to be Jennifer Cook author.com. There's also sorts of craziness, but either way you get it, it'll be redirected. So you don't need to worry about it. Um, and that's where you can find the free download, the checklist checklist. That's where you can find information about each one of the books, um, and understand who, what's for whom. And, uh, you mentioned the secret book of social rules that, that book and, and those that all pair with it. There are summaries, explanations, uh, on, on the author website as well. So you can kind of peruse and look, you know, to see what, what matches with what you think. And I always say start and, you know, and, and, and go from there. Um, but, and then heels is definitely uh, something, you know, it's a very different kind of story. It's certainly an adult or at least a uh, team, you know, read because there's some heavy stuff in there and that's important to know about, but cause it's my own personal experiences, but you know, when the others, there are cartoons. So yeah. there's that <laughs> with lots of emphasis on pointing out all the ridiculous things that I've done never on what the readers have done quote unquote wrong because, I feel like I got a lifetime of whoopsie stepping it moments to offer better to focus on that and let everybody else just kind of feel cool about themselves. 
Well, they're great resources. And and I will have links, listeners, for everything on the show notes page. So definitely, if you have a child on the spectrum, or even a child who just doesn't understand social thinking, social rules, definitely check out um, Jennifer's work and and her memoir, Autism and Heels, which um, congratulations, having written a pretty personal book, I know how it's a different beast to tackle. And I it is. is. And I just finished recording the audiobook for it is the first audiobook by someone on the spectrum. um, And then also narrated by someone on the spectrum, man or woman, I am like, I'm blown away. I'm really excited. That's coming out in a couple weeks. So Congratulations. Wow. Well, Jennifer, this has been such an insightful conversation. I appreciate just you and everything that you're doing for our kids and for adults and just the passion and your relentless positivity. It shines through. Well, although that the caveat to relentless positivity is you are always, always, always allowed to have the moment where you just go, this stinky pants, this is stinky pants. And then you have your moment and then you move on. Because if I'm sitting here telling you I'm smiling all day, every day, you're not going to believe it when it's really true. Got to keep it real. Yes, 100%. Okay. (laughs) Thank you again so much for for sharing. And again, maybe we'll try to have you back on again. I would love it. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, visit tiltparenting.com slash podcast and search for this conversation. If you like what you heard on today's episode, I would be grateful if you could take a minute to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for helping us stay visible so people who would benefit from the show can easily find it. If you want to support the show and help me cover the cost of production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. To support the show, just visit patreon.com slash Tilt Parenting. Lastly, if you aren't already part of the online community at Tilt, I invite you to sign up at tiltparenting.com on the box in the bottom where it says join the revolution. Every Thursday, I send out a short email with a quick note from me, a link to that week's podcast episode, and links to five stories from the news that week that are relevant to parents like us. Again, you can sign up and learn more about Tilt at www.tiltparenting.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.